The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You're listening to Wrestling to the Max. Alert, alert, clear all channels. This is an exclusive. How you like that? Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max's Clash of Champions 2017 review. And we, of course, are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go get all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. And don't forget to go hit that subscribe button at Wrestling to the Max. That'll get you every single show that we do. And we appreciate you that have already done it. Go subscribe, rate, and review, though, if you have not had a chance to do that yet. Also, don't forget to give some big, big, big love to 4WomanMania.com and Last Word on ProWrestling.com. Both great supporters of ours, and we appreciate all they do for us. And also want to give some love to the W2M Network, another place that you go hit that subscribe button, rate, and review. That'll get you not only our great content, but all the other great content on W2Mnet.com. Trust me, it's worth your time. I, of course, am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Sean. Garmer. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Paul Leeser has a night off. He has a Christmas party. So, hey, it's just me and Sean, and we are going old school tonight, and I'm glad to do it because, I mean, me and Sean have had a lot of great shows together, and, you know, this is just another fun one to get a chance to do. And I was kind of worried, Sean, I wasn't going to be able to be on. I was getting scared there for a little while, but I got caught up, and I'm glad that we're going to get this thing done tonight. Yeah, we had a mutual, uh, we also had a mutual thing going on too with the Cowboys playing in that Sunday night game and the thrilling finish with that involving index cards and (laughs) whatever, (laughs) you know, whatever else they wanted to throw out there uh, for this one, you know, going into the balls, going to the back of end zones and and everything else. So, yeah, yeah. Makes me want to record every single sports show in the morning just to see the controversy, to see the whistles and all the other things blown. Uh, it's just going to be nuts. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes the NFL is just like wrestling. Lots of storylines, lots of controversy and, you know, it's, it's just crazy. There lots of false plenty of that, Not just in that game, too. Just the whole oh, the, this week was was the controversy week for sure. Oh, for sure. The Steelers and New England Patriots, boy, that yeah. was a crazy one, too. So lots of great stuff coming out of the NFL. But guess what? We have a Clash of Champions show to talk about. And I know a lot of people are, you know, really wanting to hear our opinions about it, which I appreciate. Uh, and you know what, Sean? I mean, getting into this thing, I know you didn't take the time to watch it. And a lot of times all three of us, you know, uh, on this show sometimes don't do that. But I, I sometimes try to tune in and I caught it during the halftime just quickly and uh mojo riley uh took on zach Ryder in the pre-show and i mean i think what the people need to know uh this was kind of a foreseen thing mojo riley's gonna win it happened came out with his new music and you know 
it, it was about a 50-50 for a minute there, and then the next thing you know, Mojo takes control and wins the match with his, you know, killer forearm. I really didn't... I can't honestly remember the name of the finish uh, that they give it, Sean. But, you know, Mojo Raleigh winning makes sense. It gives us that storyline, you know, of you know him overcoming Zack Ryder and getting rid of what he would call the dead weight. I, I haven't had a lot invested in either of these guys. It's just because they've been on the back burner. But did you appreciate that they at least kind of continued the story? What did you think about this whole thing? Well, I mean, you know, like I said during the, the preview, they had him turn and they didn't spend a lot of time uh, with these guys. They were, you know, scarcely on SmackDown in the build-up to this. And then, okay, here's this match. And I thought that they took that time to let them deliver something that helps Mojo be able to set himself and say, okay, I'm this is my heel persona. Uh, here's my, you know, new music, all that stuff, uh, my new finish, you'd presume, and, and everything else, being aggressive, and you get the, the feeling for Ryder as well, and, and being the guy that got turned on, so whether it's only this one match, or they continue this thing on, you get an idea of what Mojo Raleigh's going to be, and I think that's that's good coming out of this here. Yeah, and, you know, everything you said is right on cue. And also what I would think on this is this seems like something where they're saying, hey, this is Mojo, we're getting in this direction because Royal Rumble's coming up, and that's definitely probably going to be one of the entrants because, you know, this is not the first time that he's been in a Battle Royal situation and won it. And so maybe they want to tease that as well, that this guy is going to come in, and they're probably going to, if you ask me, going to give him a lot of shots at – looking good and maybe staying in the Royal Rumble, if, if that's the case, for a lengthy amount of time. That that's, would be my theory at the moment, as we sit here at Clash of Champions. So I'm, I'm at least happy for the guy. I mean, I don't know about you, Sean. I'm just at least happy that he's going to get an opportunity to, to do something and kind of get himself away from that tag division. I think it's time to really let's see if this guy can sink or swim on his own. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they've played around with this before. He got a little bit of a shot when Ryder initially got hurt, and then they decided to go back to the tag team thing for a little bit. That didn't necessarily work out that well, and now he's finally getting his chance. So I, I think, like you said, he's this is it's now or never for him, and he's got to succeed here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's move on to the main portion of this show when we get into the actual pay-per-view. And here we go. We start the thing off with the United States Championship match, and it's a triple threat. Baron Corbin had to defend his title against Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. And I, I want to start this off the, by basically saying this crowd was pretty hyped for the glorious chant you know the whole song and everything they were pretty pumped for that i i, I got to give the boston crowd some credit here they had a lot of fun and i had a lot of fun with them so that was kind of cool to see it's it's been a little while since maybe nxt that we've seen that big glorious you know chant and all that kind of stuff so um really excited about that entrance and all that but hey, this match itself sean getting into it this was 
kind of what you thought you would see. This is not out of the ordinary with the triple threat, right? Lots of different guys, combinations. Baron Corbin spent some time on the outside. He's a little scientific here. He takes out Dolph Ziggler, gets him on the outside, even goes outside again to keep him beat down while he tries to focus on Bobby Roode. We have some interactions between Roode and Ziggler. All that great stuff. The, the, the really the the best and probably the more amped up thing that you you got to say about this is the way they kind of finish this thing out lots of different tricks lots of different scenarios that were thrown at you but the end here the end of days baron corbin hits it on bobby Roode. we think that baron corbin retains here but yet not quite yet nope Dolph ziggler gets the zigzag in to win this thing and you know the guy that has been in obscurity for a long time the guy that really no one really cares about what is at least it feels that way in Dolph Ziggler is now your U.S. champion Sean yeah this was really surprising just because Dolph Ziggler's been just a guy for a while yeah he's been doing that gimmick with the whole oh everybody's an entrance and I'm not gonna have a big entrance just to prove a point and, you know, calling Bobby Roode that that's all he was as an entrance. And he's been having that feud with Bobby Roode. And you put in Baron Corbin here, and it really felt like Dolph Ziggler was here to take the pin, not the other way around, where Ziggler's the one pinning Baron Corbin. Uh, I thought Corbin's reaction was pretty appropriate after the match. He's pissed, and we'll see what happens on SmackDown with that. But, yeah, I think this match was probably the best Maybe the best one of the whole night. Uh, you have uh, three guys that... Now, you know, Corbin's not the greatest worker, but I think within the limitations of the triple threat, this kind of helped him because he didn't have to be in there the whole time. You could have two guys that are, are really good and Root and Ziggler going at it. Corbin can kind of pick his spots, you know, do his whole where he takes somebody out or come in for the Tower of Doom or, you know, uh, do the... the close spots where they have the he's on the outside you have a big move happen he's on the outside pull the, pulls the guy out and and then uh, he almost gets the pin and then the way it happens as well with Ziggler winning is just again I, I think this is well worth you going to watch uh, kicks off the show very well and yeah you get the surprise of Ziggler which I think even the crowd was stunned because of how it, Big, they were going for Bobby Roode, like you mentioned, and I think a lot of people expected it was either going to be Corbin retaining or Roode winning, and you get the the third option, which is just, yeah, let's see where they go from here. Exactly, and it also makes you wonder if, you know, Dolph Ziggler getting this win is for his comments about saying, I may go do other things instead of staying with WB, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has Dolph said that by now? It's like, if you're WWE, you're not going to use him. Just let him go. I know. It's so funny, though. They always throw him a bone. Every time he kind of says, oh, you know, I don't know. New Japan looks kind of cool. Oh, here, here's your bone, kid. You know, take it, you know, Ziggler. Then we're going to forget about you in the, maybe next month. <laughs> yeah, it's so. like this happens every time he's had a contract dispute or he's going to leave. Oh, let's have him win a title and let him do stuff. Then he'll sign and then we'll just forget about him for a while and it seems like we're going through that again but i mean either way i thought that you know all all three guys performed pretty well it was a really good match and a nice way to start out the show just 
I hope that this isn't just one of those where like, oh, we changed it on pay-per-view, and now whoever we really wanted to have it's going to win on SmackDown or something. Uh, yeah, and that's what it kind of does worry me. I, I, I'm right there with you. have also got six months from now to the Rumble, so they got a lot of time. Or not oh, six months, yeah. six weeks. Six yeah. weeks, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it's six months, we'd be, wow. Uh, but you're right, six weeks away from the Royal Rumble is quite a, amount of, a bit of time. And I, I look at this, and I looked at the reaction that you mentioned about Baron Corbin at the end here and with the interview and him just freaking out. That is something that makes me kind of nervous that they are going to set up a match on SmackDown. And the next thing you know, oh, Baron Corbin wins the title back, and Ziggler's back to the back of the line. And it makes you feel like Clash of Champions was a waste of time for us. I think there could be something better than that, but don't be surprised if, you know, what I just said becomes the truth. And yeah, that worries me a little bit. I, I, I don't mind Baron Corbin at all. I think he's doing fine. I, I don't love him. I, I think the guy's still got quite a bit of work to go, and that's okay. Everybody can't be on the same level. Uh, but I still feel like he's a, a valued part of the roster for SmackDown. I think Bobby Roode just showed once again why he's so valuable. I think this guy has some big things coming. It's just we've got to give that time. And this is one of those matches, Sean. I don't walk away saying, oh, Bobby Roode's a loser. No, I, 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 in fact, I kind of think even though he was the first guy to take one of the big finishes, I, I think he's a guy that has so much potential still. And the crowd obviously cared about him, at least tonight. So, but he's, you know, these three guys do have something in the works. Dobb Ziggler still, even though he's the champion, still maybe the, the, the guy on the outs, if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, moving on past this, let's go ahead and move on to the next match we got to talk about here. Let's go ahead and talk about that big Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match. And this one was, you know, really interesting. Uh, we had some pretty, you know, <laughs> some, some good times here. I'll just let everybody know we did have Ed, Aiden English and Rusev along with the Usos, the New Day. And, uh, you know, you also can't forget, you know, our other two friends, um, Shelton Benjamin and um, Chad Gable. This is one, though, that we start out this match, and before we get into the match itself, Sean, I think we have to give some time to talk about Rusev Day and the fact that we have Aiden English actually singing the 12 Days of Rusev Day, if you want to call it that. That was in full. We got the full song here. Lots of entertainment. What did you think about that whole thing? Well, they needed time to kill, certainly, on this show. Yeah, you're right. Uh, th- that was uh, pretty amazing, uh, honestly. I-, I think the the important part is how over Rusev was in-, in Boston. You mentioned the crowd. They were really good for most of the night when they were given reasons to cheer, like for Rusev and English. When they had didn't have reasons to cheer, they were like any other crowd, and they are quiet and don't care, and, you know, that that's how that works most of the time, but... Yeah, this was this was just fun. It was a way to bring the crowd into it to start. Uh, I thought they were the perfect guys to come out and kind of get them warmed up, let English do his thing and and uh, sing the song, and Rooster just getting hyped every time, you know, uh, just getting more into it. The huge Rusev Day chant. I mean, I, I don't know how much more you could ask for a guy, but for someone that, we're going, oh, he's just doing nothing, and how how crappy that they're just wasting Rusev. All of a sudden, Rusev just starts this thing about every day's Rusev day, 
whatever, and the, the fans take to it. You know, it's it's so funny how dumb stuff like that just sometimes becomes uh, something that <laughs> that becomes huge, you know? Uh, so <laughs> now, now I want to go celebrate Rusev Day. I know, right? <laughs> this Boston crowd got me pumped for it. You know, just yeah. watching Rusev's reactions, man. I loved it. It was yeah, so much fun. Yeah, you could fun. tell he was pumped. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're really going for this, you know? Uh, you know, he got his Christmas early. I'll just say it that way. Because I don't know any other crowd, maybe London, that's going to go that bananas for him. And, hey, I, I hope they do. Don't get me wrong. I'd have no problem, Rusev, if, if – Next week, you know, they all go crazy once again for Rusev Day. I'm I'm game. I, I have no qualms or issues with Rusev. I like him. I think he does a great job. I, I think, honestly, we'll talk I, about I do like again. Lana as well on Twitter. Like, oh, now everybody thinks it's cool to like Rusev, huh? Where were you all these other months, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. It really is true, Sean. But um, well, let's just hope that. This crowd gets the rest of the WWE universe behind Rusev. I, I think he's cool. I, I enjoy it. It's, it is silly. It's torn, corny, but I, I, I kind of take it. And, and I was thinking about this during that little part of the, the promo or whatever the whatever the segment. And that was, you know, how Matt Hardy has something that's really out there, really crazy, kind of silly, that gets people going. And so, mm-hmm. hey, if Rusev can get his own thing going, I'm I'm really happy for the guy. Let's hope it goes. And I think him and English work too because they're just like two oddballs. And I, I also like the some of the throwback because you know English was there with him in NXT, so some of the throwbacks to his old character uh, that he put into the the Twelve Days thing was was kind of funny and and like nice to like for those people that watched him back then. So I, I think. Uh, all that's just very interesting and, and just, like, I want to see this work. I want to see them be able to to do something. And I thought they might actually pull the trigger during this match because Rusev got some good moments where he looked really good. He got that big accolade spot where he had uh, Big E right there in the middle. You know, kind of also another illusion to NXT with those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chad Gable got the big spots with the Germans. Uh, he looked really impressive there. The problem was the crowd didn't care. And that the worst part is that it kind of led to the... It uh, it then it led right to the finish. So it kind of made the finish have a little bit of a, a downer. And you have the Usos retaining, which... I figured it was either going to be them or... Maybe Gable and Benjamin because they were the ones that were kind of feuding with them. But yeah, I like that every team had their opportunity in this match to really do something. Everyone looked good. Yeah, there was some confusion at the beginning, but once they figured it out, there was some really fun stuff in here. And uh, yeah, and the crowd was into it too, which helps. Yeah, you know, you knew this match was going to be chaotic. I mean, as soon as you know that there's going to be four tag teams, eight men involved in this match, it's going to be here, there, and everywhere. And and that's fine. Uh, These are those kind of matches, and they have their place. And I I actually think they did a great job with it. I honestly found myself entertained more than bored. Uh, There are times when they can take these matches and kind of slowly get asleep. 
I, I don't think they did that at all. Like you said, there were some great spots with Rusev, and you had even Chad Gable doing his thing and making you feel like he was valuable, even though the crowd didn't. I don't know why they didn't care for it, but um, I just think overall, all the guys involved in the match really did put on a pretty good show. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, the Usos retaining is that so bad? No, it's not. I I kind of felt like they were going to retain anyway. And as much as I would love to see Gable and Benjamin. You know, have those championship belts just because I think it would be kind of fun to see what they would do with them. I, I think this works. I think this is okay with me. And, you know, I, I think on down the line, we'll see something different. And you'll probably see a big match for those tag belts uh, coming up here at Royal Rumble. So I just want to see who the number one contenders will be now. That's the interesting part. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, let's move on. Uh, okay, let's. What do you have? And sadly, we have to go down the rest of this card that takes a nosedive after these first two matches. Oh boy! So Sean, uh, it's, I guess it's obvious. So we have the uh, women's championship match that had all the lumberjills around it. That was the stipulation here. Uh, you have Charlotte Flair taking on Natalia, and. Charlotte's trying to fight for her life in this match. You have Natalia throwing her out of the ring multiple times to get the beat down. Uh, you have to have Naomi run in and save the day for at least a break in this whole thing with the Lumberjills. Uh, Natalia and Charlotte really kind of, they, they have a match here that's very interrupted. It's here, I would say, okay at the end, but nothing that really just makes you go crazy. Charlotte does win uh, with the figure eight. I, I, I'm okay with her retaining. Um, of course, you know you knew the Lumberjills and their chaos and the fact that they were going to start fighting each other was going to cause some issues here. But, yeah, I mean, Charlotte retains. And, I mean, it, let's just start off with that. Charlotte retains. Do you have a problem with that? Do you, did you think this match worked out? Well, no, this match didn't work because it was just a bunch of a big old mess. Like nothing was really happening that was that entertaining. Charlotte misses almost everyone on the the big spot. <laughs> uh, you know, like it's just this was just these lumberjack matches just don't work for most people, and there's a reason for that. It just takes away a lot of the the flow of the match, the story. All that goes away because it becomes about the lumberjacks, and even then, even in the promo, this was about the you know riot squad. They had the riot squad in that final, you know, part of the video package with Natalia and Charlotte. Uh, you know, this whole thing it just it was very distracting, confusing at times. Uh, then you have the stupid promo at the end with Natalia that's. Very, very confusing. Totally feels like they're doing it just to have a storyline for Total Divas. And, like, oh, is Natty retiring now? Is she she tired of this mess? Like, have you really been carrying the women's division that long when it was doing nothing? And you were really doing nothing, too? I mean, anybody that's been watching the product, just that's kind of insulting as well when you know that there's a lot of times where Natalia's been doing nothing. How can you be carrying a division when you're not doing anything? And, like, so, 
I, I can understand the point of having been there and been one of the women's wrestlers when there wasn't many women's wrestlers, if that's what you want to say. But, you know, uh, just this whole thing just didn't work. Yeah, I feel you. That really did, you know, kind of take this whole thing down a weird road at the end with Natalia. And I get it. You're probably right. I really didn't put that into perspective because I don't watch Total Divas. Uh, but I think you, you, you're you onto something there. And I think also it kind of brings a perspective of if they want to take Natalia away for a bit kind of have her backstage kind of doing other things until they want to bring her back out while they focus on the riot squad. They focus on Charlotte and some of these other ladies. It, I, I guess that works. That's fine. And that also maybe takes away the whole welcoming committee. They kind of can break up, do their own thing. And, and of course you do still have the money in the bank situation with Carmella that they teased in this match as well. So there's a few things here that, I could see why the direction that they went is how they did it, but I, I don't think it was strong. And I think I'll be honest with you, Sean, I felt this match at times was more annoying than enjoyable. <laughs> so yeah. Why do you want to watch a match that's annoying you? Uh, yeah. That's, that's not <laughs> helpful at all. So. No, no, it's not. No. So, I mean, Charlotte retaining, I have no issue with that. I, I think in fact, it's probably the wise thing, because, uh, you know, now you'll have the Ryan well, Nat, squad. Natty oh. had the title before, and there was nothing going mm-hmm. on with it. At least Charlotte, you know, she can carry a division. She's proven that already. She's one of the best that they have there. I and mean, why not? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I agree. And uh, I think with Charlotte, you'll have the Riot Squad and, and probably some other people try to take her on and, and try to find a way to steal that belt away. And you can bring up a whole new set of storylines. And, and that's okay. That, 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 I, I just hope it's good because I'll be honest with you, Sean. I'm not sold on this Riot Squad thing. Uh, and, and I just, uh, it's taking me down a bad road already. So they better figure out something. They better right, figure it out. I think both of them on both shows are not necessarily working that well, but. I don't know. I, yeah. I like Absolution, though. I, I, yeah. I don't love it, but I like it better than Riot Squad. I just feel like they got a, they have a better feel to them. Well, I mean, but. you also got the more sort of known folks. Uh, I mean, Paige is, you know, at a different level than Ruby Riot as far as, you know, mm-hmm. people knowing her and stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, so. you're not wrong. I, I just like the booking better. I'll say it that right. way. The way they present them better. Uh, I'll tell you exactly the point they lost me. And you saw in the promo package when they had that backstage segment with uh, Daniel Bryan and them arguing back and forth with the, the rest of the roster of women. I, that lost me. That that completely took me down a bad path with the Riot Squad. So. Uh, but all right, let's move on to something else that I'm sure, Sean, I, I think this is one of your big, well, this you know, will take 10 seconds, <laughs> dipping point. Yes. <laughs> Rosongo, they get to take on the bludgeon brothers. The bludgeon brothers just beat the living crap out of him. That's all you need to know. And yeah, I, 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 I need to find that old drop of ours. Cause that's what this was. Squash. Right. Yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> Happening here, Bludgeon Brothers said they were going to bludgeon. They did it. You move on. Uh, I, I'm guessing this means that Brizongo's banished to WWE.com for their show. And yeah. 
Yeah, and you know what? That's fine with me. I completely am happy. You know, I, I do like the tag team. I have no problem with the tag team, but unless you're going to use them in a good and correct way, there's no don't even use them. Just use them as a but, but video popular. Guy. Like I think Vince just doesn't realize how popular they are, and they could be that like sympathetic underdog team that wins tag titles mm-hmm. or whatever, and. I don't know why they never at least got that moment. Like, you had freaking Heath Slater and Rhino win tag titles. Why couldn't they? You know? I, I, I'm, hey, I, I have no problem with that either. I think you're right. I think Vince kind of looks at them as just a, a, a goofy tag team that he can kind of do a few things with. But he doesn't take them serious. He's got these other tag teams I think he really thinks a lot of. He's already planning on giving the New Day tons of title runs and uh, all, all these other things in his mind. I think it's kind of taken him away from maybe giving those guys an opportunity. But I, I still think you can use them, and you don't have to job them out. You can actually give them some victories, and you know if you want to give them a loss here and there, that's not also a bad idea. I'm just saying you can give these guys some decent matches and get people behind them. And people loved all these backstage, you know, video packages and all the different things that they do. You know, with these different themes of you know the fashion files, uh, it works. People love it, and so. Just run with it. Why not give it the opportunity? I don't get it. I just don't get it. This match right here, it didn't kill him, but I just feel like it didn't definitely give him any anything to go on. It's just, hey, let's just have these guys lose. And the Bludgeon Brothers, who no one really cares about, they get another victory. And I don't know these victories are doing anything for me, Sean. The Bludgeon Brothers are... I think it's maybe the gimmick I hate. I like Rowan and uh, Harper. I just kind of hate the gimmick. Well, we're so used to seeing them in the Wyatt gimmick, you know. So it's weird to see them in the gimmick they're in now. Uh, especially with, you know, now rumors keep going around that War Machine might appear uh, in WWE. And so, you know, having them be the way they are, it's like kind of like, well, if War Machine shows up, they're going to look kind of silly. Look, I get you're trying to rebuild them from what they were, and you're trying to get them out of people's minds of being the Wyatts and and all that. And I think that's fine for what it is. It's just, here you go, two guys just squashing dudes. I don't really care. Move on. And it's not like it's somebody new. It's people we already know that you're repackaging, and they don't look much different. So I think people are just kind of like, all right, cool, whatever. You move on. And... It, you know, it it doesn't get much better with the next match either because, you know, we go from really short and sweet to convoluted and, hey, let's just drag this on forever and ever. Yeah, and let's talk about that. So, you know, I, I kind of skipped over these maybe on purpose. Uh, we had some video packages uh, leading up through the night. They were kind of spread out here. You had Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan backstage. And Daniel Bryan's talking about his referee shirt, and he needs a new one. And then Shane McMahon confronts him and says, you know, why are you even doing this? You know, I, you know, you should just, you know, stay out of it. I'll, I got this. I got control. And Daniel Bryan, of course, brings up the – you know, the kind of controversial stuff. So they kind of feed you a little bit more into that. Later on, they have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interviewed about the match and, you know, what they think about everything. And they say that they're going to continue the yet movement and all that stuff. And then you also have, 
uh, I think it's Dasha, uh, actually mentioned, hey, you know, you guys, you know, don't win. You're going to get fired. What do you think? And they just kind of look at her and just walk away, uh, not answering that they, question. They were pretty much channeling what we all were thinking. Like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That's true. Uh, so we get into this match, and this is the more important thing, uh, if you want to call it important. Uh, so you have a lot of stalling. Uh, you have, you know, these tag teams. I mean, you have uh, Randy... the king of stalling, Randy Orton. So. Oh, Randy. Oh, yeah, Randy Orton for sure. So you have Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura on one side, and you, of course, have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You have on the left side of your screen Shane taking half the ring to referee, Daniel Bryan getting the right half of your screen to referee. It's a jumbled mess. You can tell they purposely, I think, stalled out this a lot to make it a problem. This, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Sean, watching this match as I watched it, I thought, I'm watching an NFL game. Uh, uh, the referees are more of there, the attention than the. Probably yeah. some of that is also to make fun of that as well. But. You're probably right. You're probably right. But this did feel like very much like an NFL game where the referees are the ones we're paying attention to, not the actual athletes. In the end here, we get a lot of back and forth, lots of different things, lots of controversy. Uh, But as the match progresses, we have Shane and Daniel Bryan get into it a little bit here because – you know, we have uh, Shane about to do the three count, and then Daniel Bryan is shoved down onto top of the guys, and that stops the count. And then later on in the match, we have Shane screw Sami Zayn out of getting a pin on Randy Orton, and that causes the shoving match between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, which causes more controversy. We get another roll-up, and Randy Orton is rolled up on, and Daniel Bryan gets the quick three count, and one, two, three, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are still in the company. They get the victory, and Shane sits in disbelief uh, as this all happens. Yeah, I don't know, Sean. I mean, it, definitely not a good match, I mean, because it really wasn't given the opportunity to be good because it's it was about the referees. Well, the crowd didn't care. Uh, that's number one. Uh, the wrestlers, the, the wrestling in this match wasn't pretty. It was kind of felt like it was going at half speed. Uh, and mainly probably because the wrestlers knew that it was about the referees and not them. And so, yeah, this was mainly focused on Shane and Daniel quarreling about what side of the ring they were supposed to be on. It's like, you know... Uh, when you have two, like me and my stepbrother used to argue about which side of the room is ours and stuff. And, you know, sometimes we'd get into fights and it would come to blows and, and whatever. And then that's what this almost felt like, except for the they never came to blows. But you got everything else. You got two brothers fighting. You got, uh, I mean, like the whole, oh, what side of the ring is it on so you can count? It's just. That's really dumb, and it's, it all was just felt silly. They got the crowd behind the whole Daniel Bryan decision and feeling bad for him, and then the whole quick count they kind of perked up for that. But for the most, and, and I guess so, you you got that story over with Daniel Bryan and and Shane McMahon in that way. But it's it just really hurt the match, and it almost like nobody really even cared that Owens and Zane won up winning because all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, it's kind of funny, but I mean, I, I really feel like if you would have talked to the officials or Vince himself, he'd probably say, well, you got the story. I didn't want the match to be the thing that got over here. I wanted the story to get over. And that's maybe their thought process. And I, I think sometimes. Like, why couldn't like Brian like push him down or something like that? Like have a little bit of physicality. Tease a little bit. Something. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you don't like. I, I get you also have, again, six weeks before the Rumble. And then you've also got to tease this longer if that's what you're going to do. But. I just feel like you're you're missing something by not letting him do something, anything, to you know, to to create a spark there. Yeah, and I think you know that's another reason I don't think the crowd was really super behind this is because they kept I mean, waiting they had for that a moment. Table spot, and it was like the crowd breathed for five seconds, got into it, and then they were back to normal again. Mm-hmm. Well, I really do. I think they were kind of sitting on their hands because they were waiting to pop for when Daniel Bryan did something or Shane did something, and it never happened. It was never the, the payoff I think they wanted. I think they really wanted to be hyped because they were wanting to see that action you're mentioning, and it didn't it didn't take place. So there you go. I mean, uh, I, I think this is, you know, when it comes to story, not bad at all. I think it makes sense. It's all great because now I really do want to look forward to SmackDown. I really want to find out the rest of this and what they're planning on doing, all the fallout. But when it comes to the match or even the guys involved, it's just it's not there. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura, I feel bad for you again because, you know, you're involved in something, but you're not exactly coming out of this looking like, you know, roses. These are the best wrestlers uh, on the brand. If you would have Mm -hmm. let them go out there in a match that's focused on them, they could have actually had a pretty good match. But you made it about the referees and it suffered. Yeah, well. Uh, that once again, uh, that's the the story overrided the match quality. That's that's what happened here. So, I I, I wish you know they would have thought to do a little bit of a better mixture. This was not a fifty fifty thing. Story balanced with match. It was more about ninety percent story, and then we'll give ten percent of the match. Give what you can. So, but hey, no, it is what it is, right? So I think this is going to lead people to looking for, like I said, to SmackDown. But besides that, nothing to go and ride home about for sure. Uh, but we have one other match here to talk about, and this is a big one because this involves the WWE Championship match. And this is, of course, between Jinder Mahal and the champion AJ Styles. And earlier in the night, we had the Singh Brothers interviewed and... It was kind of the normal Singh brother stuff, talking about Jinder Mahal and how he kind of laughed at AJ Styles' comments in the pre-show and all that. So that it, you know, it was what it was. But what we get here in this match is Jinder Mahal and AJ. And I'll say this, Sean Mahal got a lot of offense. They gave him a lot of opportunities to look good, especially. You know, with that spot where, you know, AJ kind of injures his ribs going over the announcer, not the announcer, the uh, timekeeper's place and just a, a lot of that stuff that kind of ensued. But really, I mean, you had Jinder Mahal with a lot of offense, AJ getting some stuff in. And in the end, you do have AJ winning. But, I mean, you had not a lot in, involved when it comes to the Singh brothers. It took till really the end there where they really started to get involved. And they pay the price by AJ Styles. But you do have, with the uh, calf crusher, AJ winning this match against Jinder Mahal. How did you feel about all this stuff? Did you did you like the match at all? Or what was your thoughts? 
Well, I thought, you know, I think I think there's there seems to be two trains of thought with this match. That it was just boring the whole time, and it was AJ selling like Shawn Michaels and for uh, Diesel and the WrestleMania match or or whatever, or you know Shawn Michaels selling for Hulk Hogan or you know all that. I, I don't think it was. Yes, AJ was selling really well. It's a lot of you know one of the many great things he does, but and that was a key of this, but. I think actually, I thought Jinder looked good here. I thought he he went out and and used psychology well. He was attacking uh, the ribs of AJ for the most part. Almost all his stuff was methodical and focused and everything. Look, he doesn't have a lot of great offense. Let's be honest about that. It's you know. He doesn't have these like big old flashy moves and and whatever and and so that hurts. But I think with AJ in there, he kind of went to his strengths a little a little bit more. Uh, AJ was also working on the leg, which went into the finish with the calf crusher. So he decisively beats Gender, putting him out of the title picture. You would think, and now AJ can move on to somebody else. And you know, Gender now has to figure out what he's going to do with himself. But I, I really like the way that they came out. I'm not saying it's great. Like I said, I think if you're going to say a you know, U.S. title or a tag team title as far as match of the night goes. But I thought the main event was actually just good for what it was. And, you know, I don't think it should be included in the trash heap that the rest of the stuff was. Yeah, I, and I see where you're coming from on that. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have to understand that if this company wants Jinder Mahal to continue to do big things or to do at least anything of relevance, they got to have him look good in this match. They cannot have AJ Styles come into this match and win in five minutes. They just they can't do that. They've got to allow Jinder Mahal to have some good offense against one of the best star that they have on SmackDown. So I, I think for, you know, once I'm, I'm kind of behind gender on this. Um, but I, I think overall you got the right finish here. You got a quality match for what it's worth. May not have been the best match, may not be the best match of 2017 with AJ Styles, but did it need to be? Not necessarily. To tell the story that we wanted to see, you just needed a good match. And I think that's what you got. I think you got a good match. I don't think it was anything better or worse. So, and, and, and I love the fact that it wasn't all about the Singh brothers as well. I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm so happy that wasn't the main narrative here. And that, 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 that at least, you know, gives us something to think about too. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, uh, I mean, that, that pretty much rounds out our show. Uh, so, I mean, Sean, I think we just got to put a rating on this thing. What did you rate this one? You have two matches that are very much worth watching. Uh, you have a main event that, if you want to sit through it and you appreciate you appreciate Jinder Mahal at all, uh, and, and of course just want to appreciate great work from AJ, uh, you got that as well. If you're if you're a Jinder hater, I think this match is not going to do anything to change uh, your thought on him. You might as well skip it. And then the rest, of the, card, the, the rest of the card is very just skippable. 
you know, and act, actually the Mojo and, and Zack Ryder pre-show stuff wasn't wasn't too bad, but really, just it's sad that one of the main hooks of this show, the that tag match, just was one of the reasons to to not watch it, uh, honestly. And then the women's match, I think that was the one that was kind of expected to be what it was, and that's you know, as I'm gonna say like a a five. I think that's fair. I, I think we're right in agreement on that. That's exactly the number I was going to put. I'm going to give it a five too, because I really think a lot of the things you said have a lot of merit to them. And as I really sit here and think about it, you know, you do have some positives coming out of it. At least the story in that tag match still progresses. It still matters. And we're getting amped up a little bit about it, but is it super amped up? Not really. It was never anything that was going to just blow us out of the water. So that was okay. Um, and then, you know, you have some other things in this show that I think were okay, but you know, once again, nothing outstanding. I, I think for the most part, this could have been an episode of SmackDown and, and you wouldn't have thought twice. I really feel that way because I think this is the what we kind of talk about SmackDown sometimes is there's one thing that on there that's really solid and the rest is mm, it's okay, you know, just kind of move you on, right? And I think that's kind of the what I got here. So, and I, I think that's a kind of a bummer, especially when you have the name of Clash of Champions involved. I, I think you kind of have, expect a little bit more than what you got here. A lot of the championship I mean, matches, three of your championship matches delivered. Or you could say two and a half of it, and then the women's mm-hmm. match kind of sucked. But yeah, I think the championship matches were. I don't think that they were the worst part, but I, I just I think when you got a fatal four way for the tag titles, it, it was never going to be just a giant piece of work where it was going to be ever going to be a five star match or anything or a four star. You were just going to have a pretty solid match somewhere or or less. And you know, like we said, the Lumberjill match and all that. I just don't. Oh, so it all kind of takes away from what I really wanted it to be, I think, in my mind. Um, so, but that's just me personally, you know, that's the way I kind of look at it. I, I think overall, though, uh, five is the right number to slap on this thing. So there you go. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I want to say one other thing, Sean. Uh, I, I know you, if you didn't watch any of the pre-show, I will say this. It was kind of funny to see the DX thing um, where they had, you know, Shawn Michaels, Hornswoggle, and Triple H kind of do their interaction selling DX merchandise. It, it just kind of made me tear up a little bit because I thought about me and you and all the fun stuff we used to do when we did our videos. Yeah. Where DX gear. <laughs> and it looked about as corny as the stuff we did. So I, I got to give him props for that. I thought that was really cool. and made me think of you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's really fun. So. Uh, but man, I mean, this, has been, this has been a really good show. It's been really fun. I mean, I, I always love doing you know a podcast with one of my best friends, and uh, it's you know sad we get a chance to have Paul's opinion, but I'm sure Paul will give his opinion on W2M this week. So I'll be looking forward to that. Well, Paul uh, was very uh, upfront about it, you know because I said I, I really hate it when there's a pay per view during you know when Cowboys have Sunday night games because you know my. Uh, my attention is, you know, not focused all the way, and, you know, as yours wasn't all the time either, and, yeah, as Paul was like, well, it's not like this one's going to keep you glued to the TV, and, yeah, I felt like, 
he's not wrong. <laughs> there was only a couple of times where I was really feeling like I need to be glued to the TV. So. Yeah, really. It's the truth. It really, really is. So thank you, you know, uh, WB for not making Royal Rumble tonight. That, that, that helps me and Sean. No, no Cowboy games during that. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> but anyway. Also, no, this has been mentioned a- that uh, Tom Zink passed away. Oh, wow. Wow, man, that's crazy. Man, I always hate hearing people passing away, though. That's a that's a bummer. So I don't want to end the show on a sad thing like that. I do want to say, uh, if you want some brighter things, I want you all to go check out W2Mnet.com. That is a place that will make you happy because there's lots of things for you to go check out. Lots of great podcasts over there. You not only have all the great wrestling podcasts like ours and Wrestling Unwrapped and the Running Wild podcast, and the list goes on. Go check out those great shows on there. Also, you'll have some great... Running Wild is good to check out right now because they have the first review of ROH Final Battle. You know, uh, you guys will have yours on uh, the Monday show, but you know, Rich is uh, Rich Laconi is a guy that uh, he follows ROH really closely, goes to the shows, and uh, he writes for PW Ponderings as well. So he's uh, somebody that really watches that and pays attention and, and knows some of the talent uh, personally. So, you know, he's he's going to have a lot to say, and I'm sure you'll get a nice different perspective from him than you get from us. So very well, well, well worth your time to go check out Running Wild uh, from uh from yesterday yeah for sure i mean i you know that's why we have this network for you all to have a chance to listen to all the great great points of view and and of course have these great opportunities to get these pay-per-views out right away you can listen to them even if we don't cover them right away so there you go definitely go listen to that episode of uh, running wild podcast and like i said before we have all these other great shows too involved if you love video games if you love the nfl football or soccer and heck i mean even if you like entertainment go check out all the great podcasts out there Radlish and Broadcasting brought you a great little piece of uh, information about this whole Fox being sold to Disney stuff. And lots of great things over there, too. We appreciate it. The network is lots of fun. So W2Mnet.com. Go check out everything over there. Subscribe, rate, and review at Wrestling of the Max or the W2M Network, whatever suits your fancy. Uh, and also, you know, make sure you come check us out this week. Me, Sean, and Paul will be doing Wrestling of the Max this week. And this will be a lot of fun because we'll get getting into some Ring of Honor and some big wrestling news, talking to XFL guys. That's right. We'll be talking about that a little bit. Uh, we'll obviously be talking some other big news topics. Plus, we'll be jumping into some Impact later in the week. And I'll, No, actually, we won't because Impact's done for basically the first of the year. So we'll be jumping into some other great stuff. So don't miss an episode of Wrestling of the Max this week. Lots of fun stuff coming your way. And, you know, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for joining us. We hope you guys have a great holiday. And until next time, me and Sean will catch you guys down the road. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.